Hello and welcome to Amy Ask and our parenting series. Those early days of parenting can be a very big burden, especially on mums and breastfeeding and mums groups. And my first mums group was with uh, Nicole, who I've got on the phone. So welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks for chatting to me. Thanks for chatting to me. <laughs> nice to chat to you about it when we went through these early days together. Yep, yep. And we did, definitely did have some um, interesting conversations. And for those who are listening, um, boobs are going to be talked about. So just get comfortable with that about now um, mm-hmm. because cause it, it will come up a fair bit in the conversation. So we had a, a mother's group that we went to and you were sort of part of one group who were just finishing up and then Mm -hmm. I was part of the new group and so there was one week where there were just two of us there together and we had a very enigmatic maybe eccentric nurse was she a nurse or midwife (sighs) not sure um yeah I don't know I know that her hair needed a a better combing but she was very (laughs) she liked to be inclusive and so you asked a very good question in regards to how you were feeding because you're having some feeding issues with Josie to start with. So do you want to just mm-hmm. talk us through what the feeding issue was to start with? Yes, absolutely. Well, so she was not putting on weight very well. We'd gotten to that um, was it two-week mark or whatever where they were meant to have had their weight, their birth weight put back on and she wasn't. She was very slow going. We had so many latching problems. Um and, yeah, well, we just thought that I had an undersupply of milk. It was like they said, day three, your milk's going to come in like a flood, and I was waiting for the flood that never came, and mm. I just had no idea what was going on. And, you know, the fear was that she was going to starve. They were worried that her, like, uh, that one of the nurses said to me, don't let her cry too much. We don't want her wasting too much energy on, on crying. And I was like, oh, my goodness, is she going to starve? What do we do next? kind of thing mm. so we were trying to do some formula pop-up and things like that mm. but obviously being first-time mom wanting to be all like you know my dream was to exclusively breastfeed I had all that pressure on myself yeah um and not just uh, on yourself like that's what we're told in hospital yeah, as exactly. well you kind of feel like formula's poison or whatever right yeah. like oh my gosh I can't feed them pop formula um, but I was definitely I got to a point where I was willing to do formula but then she wouldn't really take it so then it was like oh my gosh um, but I was encouraged to use a feeding tube, which involved pumping out the milk. Yeah. And so, and, and, and then... And for those when, of you who know pumping, I've seen this in, in comments when people uh, who are anti-seeing women pull their boobs out at shops or whatever. Pumping is a pain in the butt. Um, oh. It is the most annoying thing to do. And uh, they're... A mechanics involved when you haven't slept yep. for a while putting the damn thing together is tricky even yeah. the most simple ones they're tricky and mm-hmm. and then you've got to make sure that your nipples being pulled through and sucked properly make sure it's lined up if it didn't line up oh you can yeah. feel it getting oh. i had this one weird conversation when i did pump when my daughter went to daycare um where someone said well maybe you don't have the right shield how big's your areola and i'm like i don't know are there sizes 
Um, and <laughs> so there I was a little conversations bit, like that where we're all like, oh, maybe that'll help change the size of the change the size of that little suctiony thing, and you turn up mm. your gain on your pump, and uh, yeah, mm. so you're pumping, and then what were you doing? Oh, so well, yeah, so in an effort to try and boost supply, so basically she was feeding, I don't know, every two hours or something as it was. And then as soon as she wasn't feeding, I needed to be pumping. So it was just like being a constant milk production, you know, mm. line. On a, and it just, it was so and, much. But, yeah, so when, when she wasn't, she wasn't feeding, I pumped. when she was fe- then, not feeding and you were pumping, you were still caring for her. So you've got a yeah. pump in one hand and a baby yeah. in the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. I did have a double pump, actually, so I didn't even have hands <laughs> really well. I was having to hold both of them. That's you can get the little the bra thing. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Thing, but then I, I have a funny story about that, but I'll talk about that another time. But the <laughs> yeah, yeah, the double pump. So you're walking around having your nipples pulled yeah, through a machine all the time, and it was winter. Oh, horrible! Like cold. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so then when she would feed again, the idea was to put the little uh, tube. It was like a straw, really, a straw in her mouth. And then that straw would be in the little bottle of pumped milk, so that then when she's feeding again on me, she's she's getting her milk, and then but she's still stimulating the breast to try yeah. and encourage yeah. that milk supply. But I it, I don't really think it was that successful because she, I don't think she was sucking in the same way. I, I think it was lazier sucking when there was the mm, straw, mm. and I think it changed the suction and things. So I, I just for those who don't know, um, boobs are smart, smarter than we think they are. <laughs> And it's supply and demand. So you might have not the supply at the time, um, but if your baby's sucking correctly, then your boobs will go, oh, okay, we need to make more milk. And there might be a day lag on that, um, but that's technically how it works. And that's usually when you get um, some what I call helpful, not helpful advice of, I think they need to top up and... And that then starts breaking the supply and demand chain. Um, so yep. I'm not anti-formula uh, at all. I don't think it's poison at all. But mm-hmm. everybody, every woman has to make their choices to what they, they want to do. And, and they need to make their choice in a guilt-free environment. But you were, you were very keen to breastfeed. I was, yeah. I had a lot of pressure on myself with it. I think I would have changed her formula if she would have taken it, but at that point it sort of had, the, the ship had sailed and she only wanted, she just wanted to feed from me all the time. Mm. And I think in the end that, I remember just kind of giving up on the feeding tumor and stuff and then I just kind of gave in to just sitting there with her feeding all the time and that was really liberating. Not mm. trying to control it so much, not trying to have the tube, not trying to... Because the tube just created so much pressure and I, in the end, just felt like I was um, just pumping into the bottle so that then she could feed off of me yeah, like that it's same sort of milk out again. Lo- like logically, well like, we've, we've added a step in a process. We've added it, a step, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, then there was the sterilisation concern. Do I need to be sterilising this tube too? Because I don't really have time in between pumping and feeding all the time. Yeah. I'm not having a lot of sterilisation. How am I going to – and how are you going to – because it's a pretty small tube. And I think you had yeah. – um, uh, well, there's lots of different ways to sterilise, but you had a, a a thing you could wash it in or something. It was um, a syringe. It was like a syringe that you could attach to it, so you could kind of suck soapy water up and just shoot it out. Yeah, and because you don't so want your was- kid drinking soapy, milky water. 
yeah. either. And so you asked the question, there was only two of us in the room, and you said, so Sue, do I need to, um, sorry, I didn't mean to say a name, um, but I don't think she'll remember us. Um, do I have to <laughs> sterilise between each feed, given that I'm double pumping uh, and then straight on feeding? And she turned to the two of us who have, you know, newborn babies and goes, well, what does everyone else think? And I just have this memory of you and I looking at each other and I hadn't pumped because the box looked scary and um, and you were like, how's this woman going to help me, like me? And so I turned to Sue and I said, I think I'm going to have to throw you an NFI on that one, Sue. You might have to give we've us... Got no oh, we've got no idea what we're doing. I know. But none of the books covered this strange scenario. And and how many books did we read? I know. Yeah. And they never seemed to cover the right weird thing that was happening at that time. Yeah. And then I, I've got this um, other memory of us. We went to Baby Jimbaroo, which I do encourage. I, I think... Um, my expectation was a, a little bit different because I think it was more for me getting out of the house and breaking up the monotony of the day, but also giving me ways to engage with my um, with my child because newborns or, or or you know that that age bracket when they're um, you know twelve to three months that's well, maybe three months twelve to six months um, they they smile and stuff at you but you're not getting much feedback of good no. job mum and, and, no. you, and you you don't talk to them or well, you do but you don't get a reply you don't get a reply yeah so you don't really know miserable. you don't really know why they're crying and yeah so I think it just gave us some tools of some sensory play and things that we could do but we were walking into the class and it was a not a particularly cold day but it was you know I don't know I don't think Sydney ever gets that cold and this old lady stopped us and she said to you, your child should be wearing a hat. Yeah. And, and and you you got really, oh, my God, you're right. I should have put a, a hat on my child. What have I done? Yeah. And I, I know, that guilt. You go, oh, my gosh. I Wow, I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. I was literally walking, what, like 50 metres from yes, the car yes, the, we were, inside. Like I really wasn't walking far. She wouldn't have even known how far I was walking. Yeah. And I um, had a similar sort of, it was a bit older when when my daughter was, um, she went, you know, from walking to running very quickly. And, and I didn't really want to put her on a lead. Um, uh -huh. well, actually I did, but I thought I'd better not. <laughs> <laughs> so I had her in a stroller and she was tall for her age. So she looked probably a bit older. And someone in a lift, a, a, another uh, a person probably over their 60s or something, said to me, oh, can't she walk? Which is a stupid question because if she can't walk, she'd be in a wheelchair. And I said, the problem is she can run. Like I just don't want to lose her in the shops. And maybe you should keep your opinions to yourself. But I didn't have the confidence to say all of that. I just said the problem is she can run. But the the guilt that we put on ourselves, and then I remember coming home from that going, maybe I should be letting her walk through the shops. And then I think uh. about, you know, the amount of times that they just go wandering into walls or into people or... Uh, yeah. Like, they've got no idea where they're going you or where You can't win. And there's so many kids that are like that in that situation, like, run would run off, like... 
Yeah. And how did I'm you plenty. how did you end up resolving the tube issue? I mean, she did say to sterilise between each one. Um, I think I um, yeah. Did I end up? I think I then ended up having to sterilise it too. But then I remember hearing like I, I didn't. I don't think I really cleaned it very well. Honestly, I, I had no idea. I didn't even properly know about sterilising for a while. Mm. <laughs> and then, and then uh, but then they said sort of like lucky it was breast milk and that like breast milk doesn't get particularly. Uh, it doesn't tend to grow as much bacteria and that in it. Right. So, yeah. But I, I was using soapy water, but I wasn't. I don't think I sterilized. Because you can't heat it. Like, you couldn't really put it in the microwave or anything. I, I did have Milton, but I think um, I didn't get Milton until that was sort of all over. I had get Once I gave up on that tube and 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 that, we, we were, yeah, we, you we'd gotten your, rid of the tube by then. Yeah, and you were um, on your way and... Uh, yeah. She was basically just yeah. stuck to you for... Yeah, just stuck to me. Just yeah. gave up all um, sense of movement myself. And I remember my legs getting, like, sort of sore from so much sort of sitting all the time. Mm. And, mm. and that's right, you're not getting any of that sort of stimulation yourself. They're not, like, replying to you. That's great Timberu testing. to me as well. Was, yeah. I just like chatting to you at Timberu. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I hated the bit where we had to do the dance. And you had to come up with a new dance move. And I was oh, like, I know. do you know what? I, I haven't slept in about 12 weeks. So yeah. I don't want to come up with a dance move. And I didn't come here no. to dance. I came I here such to time my child. Memories of that. Yeah. Oh, it I was, was so weird. I was looking through our old messages on um, a chat that we had. And it was like mm-hmm. a debrief from the night before. And there was one time... And I remember feeling quite proud of myself because I, I'm not a, I'm not a very good chef. I'm not a good cook. Um, but the one thing I can make is a ripper cheesecake. And so I made a cheesecake, um, baked cheesecake for myself and the family. And for whatever reason, that night, Maddie slept for longer than two hours, which was goals. You know, I think she slept for three and a half or something, which was the most long stretch I'd had in a time. And so I, I mentioned it to the mum's group and then we all went on a cheesecake eating binge um, um in the off chance that cheesecake might be the secret ingredient in in the we're pretty convinced we're, we're pretty convinced it went through the milk yep gave them an extra sort of sugar and which is a bit stupid and... when you think about it like when you eat things go in and out of your blood and it's the same kind of thing with milk um like the pump and dump thing you don't really have to worry about that you just need to wait until alcohol has passed out of your bloodstream. It's the same same sort of thing. But the mm. um, so we were convinced. And you'd go to the local shopping centre and all of the um, frozen cheesecakes were sold out. And you're like, yeah, mum's groups. <laughs> <laughs> we're desperate. We'll try anything. Yeah, yeah. And I guess how did you go in the end um, with sleep? With, um, I know you've got two now, but, but with Josie, how's her sleep now? She's just started oh, school. Oh, my goodness. Yes, she's just started school. No, we we got to, I think it was two, and she just miraculously started sleeping through. Right. Like, and I know it doesn't, she just started, um, she sort of sleeps so deeply now, which was always my hope. I hope that those early times of sort of, putting her sleep before my own. Yeah. I'd always sort of hope that she'd 
kids sleep deeply, but yeah, so now she sleeps so deeply. She's not toilet trained at night, mind you. Oh, right. Okay. I was <laughs> about to get really so jealous of you because I don't have a child that sleeps through, I yeah? know, I know, but we still, thought will still come in, so don't It'll be happen. too jealous. We're kind of, I had a, a, a cousin. It will happen. Yeah, okay. I, I think the important message is adapt your expectations, you will survive, and you'll probably forget, like, the really horrid not sleeping. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think. You almost forget it the next day, don't you? We almost. Well, that's because you haven't had, had a We had a shocking time with Scott's night terrors were terrible, so don't be too jealous. But, like, yeah, like that was just lucky that Joyce wasn't kind of coming in at that time too. Yeah. So much. Yeah. But, um, I don't know how. I mean, there were nights when they both were in. But yeah. we still stay with them to go to sleep. We sit with them. Yeah, I don't know how to get out like, of that. I'm waiting I for someone to do that. I've kind of given into it now because I ended up sort of like, I actually don't mind it. It's kind of quite a calm. And, I mean, Tim gets really frustrated sometimes. <laughs> It's just me. I'm the only one who does it. But the um, now it's conversation. I Like I get the big questions right before bed. So we'll be lying there and it'll be like, so when people die, do, pe- do you really stick them in the ground? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's when I- all the big questions come out. Yeah. I know they have the dark thoughts. Before, but yeah, I sort of really. Go, Let's sort of away from that. She said to me once, and and I thought I had a brilliant child till I realised it was on Bluey. And by the way, thank God for Bluey. But um, <laughs> she said, so if mums and dads make babies, and I thought, okay, here we go. The question, <laughs> the dreaded question. But her question was, where did the first baby come from? Uh, and I uh-huh. was like, okay. Single-celled organisms. <laughs> I, thought, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this to my child. And I said, yeah, that's, I, uh, that's when I said, I think that's a question for Dada tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to <laughs> provide you with, with with anything. I'm not going to lie to you and give you a stalk kind of conversation. Um, yeah. And, and obviously I can give you a religious explanation, but, but that that's also... Uh, got some complexities oh, with one. Adam and Eve as well, and the snake and the apple. That's got some issues as well with, with, with a, a then I think a four year old. Um, but she asked me some some doozies, and it, it's always right before bed. Um, drink, toilet, all of those things right before bed, and then in the end, it's just. And then she said to me the other night, um, "I'll never run away," and I said, "That's great." And she said, when do you think I'll be able to sleep by myself? And I said, well, oh. you, well you can now. <laughs> In fact, please do. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, please do. No, I know someone else at Mother's Group, at a playgroup actually that I go to, and she has three kids now and her elder still sleeps in the bed with her. Yeah. Um, and she's older than Maddie and Joe. Yeah. A little bit older. So So I think the advice from, from this, this particular podcast is – um it will happen uh adjust your expectation and i think you're saying listen to your gut which is a a complex thing because when you're in those early days you've got so many people giving you so many conflicting pieces of information but as you said once you took that tube away that was a liberating moment for you 
because she yeah. you'd gone you know what this is just not making sense anymore yeah yeah i'm gonna listen to myself and what i want to do yeah exactly yeah yeah so um how messy <laughs> is i i this is where i came up with my two um sleep rules which is everyone should sleep where everyone gets the most sleep um, yeah so you you will often wake up in a bed that you didn't fall asleep in um yeah. and that's okay um, mm-hmm. and just do whatever you need to do to get through the night. Uh, so I used to have a special TV series that I would watch in the middle of the night and I only saved it for the middle of the night so that when I, you know, go, uh, Maddie would cry because she was on a three-hour thing and they don't tell you that breastfeeding takes an hour and then it takes another yeah. hour to settle them, which really gives you mm-hmm. one hour for sleep. No one tells you mm-hmm. that bit. They say they have to mm. feed every three hours, but not that, but settling them back down to, but the feeding itself is going to take <laughs> a really long time and that then getting so them true. back to sleep is going to take them. So you read it in a book and you're like, I can do that. And you forget that. too. I forgot that as well, now you say that, yeah. Yeah, like you've got to put them back to sleep mm. um, or you've got to wake them up because they've stopped feeding. And, mm. and yeah, so there's a whole complex. To, that was my problem. Joyce would always fall asleep on the boom. Which then you were jealous of that because then that's easier to put her to sleep, except then she'd never finished, I don't think. And yeah. then she'd be awake, you know, half an hour later or something hungry again. Yeah. She'd... So we did have a bit of boob envy. We did. Um, we did. But there, <laughs> my, I have a, I have a one side that can feed a small nation of children. And another side that um, gave up on me pretty fast. And, and you're using a tube and we've got Sue telling us, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> what do you think? I, I think we need an answer, Sue. Yeah. Give us an answer. But there probably um, isn't an answer, which is um, why going with your gut is right. But it is a very mm-hmm. anxious time, new mums, uh, because mm-hmm. there is so much advice out there and there is so many... Um, people call it the mum wars, and and I don't know that. I mean, I've seen some examples of it, but I don't. I don't know that it's the mum wars exactly. It's just the um, why is that working for you and not working for me? And mm. what did you just know? Kind of trying to learn, not really trying to judge, but it kind of can get twisted into judgment. Yeah, and then you're really hard on yourself because this yeah. little person is completely reliant on you. And, and that must have felt especially for you because Tracy was attached to you constantly. Yeah, constantly. She didn't go to anyone else. We couldn't even go to, out to dinner. I remember we, at the time, we just had a restaurant up the street from our house. We would just walk there and my mother-in-law tried to come and watch her and, um, yeah, she would scream. And not just scream like a bit whingy, like hysterically, mm. if anyone sort of was holding mm. her other than me. So that was really where I felt like, yeah, the breastfeeding and also kind of meant that she was also really not wanting to be held by anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So but this too shall pass. Yeah, this too shall pass. Well, and, you do, like, and you forget it. I mean, you, if you remembered it, yeah. you wouldn't have had a second child. You do forget it. I know, I know. And my mum always said, you, you forget it. But I always used to like, no, mum, I don't want to forget it. This is like battle scars. This is like my... <laughs> My war wounds that I want, I'm proud of these. Yeah. And so I did want to hold on to them. I yeah. remember you, 
I remember there was one point where I was every night when she woke up, I was recording what time she woke up and what time she went back again. Yeah. And I had it in this little thing. And I remember at one point you said to me, do you think that's actually, like, are you finding that helpful? And I remember yeah. it made me kind of go, huh. Yeah. actually no. Because I and had... I- I had some sort of sleep device that was telling me, I was actually reading it um, when I was looking back at our messages from years ago, um, and some sort of recording device that tells you how much sleep you've had the night before. And oh. and I I thought, you know what, this actually isn't helpful. Um, <laughs> that would just create anxiety. Yeah. I, I even still when we're, like, now, I feel like even still obsessed with sleep and I hate if I don't get enough sleep and don't feel like you're in the right mental place and mm. and and the, the the pressure of um teaching someone to sleep how do you do that oh, I, don't I don't know, know. and then there's this I don't know and I think it works for some and for those of us who it doesn't work for like it just completely baffles us but then yes. some I've got this friend and like, I know some people can be a little bit you know, arrogant about how it works for them. Yes. No, you shouldn't do well, that because something will come and, and bite you back later. Yeah. Something will come and bite you back. Exactly. And whether or not it was me being too soft and that's why I didn't, it didn't work for me, that still was a, like, that's okay. Like, if it, you know, like, even if it was just because we didn't feel comfortable with the screaming, well, then that, that was sort of our choice. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever factor it was, it didn't uh, work out for us and that's yeah. fine. I, I had a, 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 yeah, that's why do whatever you need to do to get through the night is is a mm-hmm. nice rule because it it sort of <laughs> forgives everything. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because you're tired. I know, I used you to just, love your rules. Yeah. That's exactly I love it. that I came up with rules. But I would be lying there reading all these books and I went from routine and I thought, oh, that just sounds like something I can't do. And then I went into the, you know, the no cry solution or the cried out solution and nothing worked, nothing worked. Yeah. So in the end, I just accepted that nothing's going to work. And eventually she will fall asleep. There was a, I think someone told me that a, a baby this age can't stay awake for longer than two hours. And I said, well, you're wrong because mine just stayed up <laughs> for five that's that's not true what you just said that's that's just not it um and then there was this rule of make sure you put them down when they're tired but not sleepy but not overtired and you're like okay how does one do how does one know when a 12 week old baby is sleepy not too tired though and not overtired. Oh well, you look for yeah. cu- you you look for um, cues, and I'm like, what cues? <laughs> I don't know. I know. Who. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's impossible. So, to all those mums and dads and carers out there, our advice today is um, find your liberating moment. Um, you you do have a gut instinct, even though you don't think that you do. But, but follow it and um, get advice, sure, but at the end of the day, you do what works for you. I think that that's, yeah. that's what works Absolutely. for you, what works for your family arrangement. Just put, do whatever you can do to get through that night. Yeah. Mm. Beyond getting Actually, with my sex, oh, sorry. drunk. Yeah. 
What was you going to say? Sorry, this is my. Oh, sorry. I was just, as you said that I just thought. You know what? Actually, with my second, I actually intentionally was trying to sort of almost not read too much because I think it just yes. caused so much anxiety for yes. me reading. But yeah. that's obviously was my issue. Whereas some people find it good to read. So I think I spent too much time reading the first time. I found it helpful. Getting nowhere with it to talk to you. We'd be sending messages, you know, because we're both awake at three a.m. Um, and it was, and it was just, like a lifesaver. Yeah, it was like a solidarity like a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. two for me, absolutely. Because I wasn't going absolutely. through it alone. You're in the middle of the night, it's dark, um, and and you're up and you're cold because we both had winter babies. And um, and it wasn't, it was only when you, the previous group, they seemed to all have the feeding under control and even the sleeping was under better control. It wasn't until you came along and you were like we all we were just sort of really sort of struggling and the sleeping was just sort of sending us crazy and then actually that second group though everyone started to struggle with sleep right yeah. like because yeah. then we ended up having one of them organize an actual one of the a lady come to teach us about sleep training. yeah that was good she was good yeah and I felt a lot of solidarity there even though it didn't work or, or I didn't no really no help what me, she told me solidarity she made, she made sense in that when they fall asleep in your arms and they wake up in your bed in their bed it's going to be disconcerting that that makes sense um yeah but I remember waking up one night on the couch breastfeeding going how did I get here I was doing it right though <laughs> But I, I just was acting on instinct. But the, yes, and it might have been my abundance of, Sue, we don't know. <laughs> you have to tell us. You have to tell us. I've got no idea what you're talking about. So I know. Yeah. Thank you. So I want to say thank you for those late night chats that we'd have and for the Jimbaroo times and... um. <laughs> And helping me get through that that first Thank year. Thank you! Oh my goodness, it's been good. Yeah, I'll always good. remember those, those yeah. days. We like had they the, were such battle scar days. Yeah, and we wore them together. So thank you, yeah. my friend, and thanks for chatting with me today. I'll um, <laughs> thank I'll, you. I'll be in touch with you soon, everyone. Okay. Um, we'll be doing another podcast soon. Thanks for listening.